Between 1900 and 1999, uh, the United States consumed 4,500 million tons of cement. That's in one century. Between 2011 and 2013, China consumed 6,500 million tons of cement. That is, in three years, the Chinese consumed 50% more cement than the United States had consumed in the whole of the preceding century. That was David Harvey, a renowned Marxist geographer, and the fact he's talking about is more than striking. Just let it sit for a second. In only three years, China poured more cement than the United States did in the entire past century. Where has all that cement gone to? And how much cement has been actually spread all over the world in the past three years? My name is Nicolas Goes, and I'm going to be your host in today's episode. This is the Urban Political. The podcast on urban theory, research and activism. I begin this story with cement because it's something we often associate with cities, concrete jungles. And since cities are getting bigger and bigger, you can already guess what's the deal with all that cement. So we're going to talk about something even more massive than China's construction aspirations. Because it's not only cement that has been spread around the globe. Energy consumption is on the rise, extraction of raw materials is reaching unprecedented peak levels, and millions, if not billions of people, are moving and commuting to urban centers every day, let alone the count of the other millions already living in cities, demanding that same energy and raw materials to sustain their urban life. This might be a symptom of what some have called at the turn of the century the urban age. Very prominent in this discourse appear organizations and institutions such as the United Nations, the World Bank, the OECD, the European Union and the like. And since then, a ridiculous number of books, papers and articles start with a prognose that almost sounds like a sentence. The world is urbanizing at a disruptive pace. Or by this or that year, most people around the world would be living in cities. And derived from this kind of statements, researchers, politicians and journalists point to the serious consequences of such an urbanizing world. Food shortages, social crises, environmental catastrophes. While at the same time, they anticipate solutions within the same cities causing trouble in first place. But there's some fuzz around this so-called urban age. How do they actually define and measure urbanization? After all, what's a city in Germany or Sweden might be a village in China. In this episode, we're going to talk about all this, diving into a quite controversial and productive concept coined as planetary urbanization. This concept has been around for a while. It was proposed by Neil Brenner and Christian Schmidt at the beginning of the past decade, and it has been a contested topic in urban studies ever since. It has reopened fundamental and pressing discussions and reframed questions like what is a city, how do we understand urbanization and city making, what is the role of capitalism within today's urbanism, and what do the hinterlands have to do with all this. At this point you might be thinking it's too much for a podcast episode, and it is. Today we'll be only seeing the tip of the iceberg, but with the expertise of Johanna Herning and Hilary Angelo, our guests in today's episode, we will try to disentangle some bits of this concept and the debates behind. So let me introduce you to Johanna Herning. She is Professor of Sociology at the Hafen City University in Hamburg and has been researching social movements and their spatial dynamics from a postcolonial perspective for two decades. Johanna, thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me here. Our second guest is Hilary Angelo. She is professor of sociology at the University of California, Santa Cruz, 
and her research focuses on understandings of the environment and their relationship to large-scale spatial and social transformations. Hilary, welcome to The Urban Political. Thank you. Good to be here. So I'm super thrilled to start this podcast with you. And my first question would be, what is urbanization? What is included in that word and what isn't? So who wants to go first? Johanna, do you want to go first? <laughs> okay. Or I can. It's, it's all right. Uh, I can make a start. We can just move back and forth probably. Because it is, of course, a very, it's a very, it can be a very small concept. It can be something we can understand very, in a very banal way, um, which is actually what the, all the talk about urban age and so forth has been pointing towards, that we're just moving towards a world in which uh, more people live in settlements that we can call urban cities and towns alike. And as such, it's just a re relational process of changing and moving, transforming towards a world in which people live more in cities and towns. Uh, but as such, it is actually not very useful to urban research or to, to social sciences at the larger um, scale, let's say. Um, and I think as a process, of course, it is a process. That's something that we have to understand in the first place. Um, as a process, it links to very um, different things. So it links to a question how um, social relations are being transformed into being urban relations. What that is, is something that that's a whole entire debate in itself. And how social relations that can be framed as non-urban are being overcome. So I think it is kind of so this concept relates again back to different other discourses that link to other notions and concepts such as the urban in itself, the non-urban, which can be understood as rural or just non-urban in a very more uh, broader sense. Um, and so I think what we have to understand is, of course, that urbanization as a process can mean a transformation of, let's say, settlements and interactions. But it is also a process of, I think, Lefebvre framed it as the becoming of the urban. And as such, it is a process that's never ended, you know, and, and never ending because it's always a becoming of the urban. And uh, I think we can probably in the discussion go into further detail what that can mean, but um, uh, it is certainly something that we have to understand as a um, an ongoing process. Thank you very much. I think that sounds super interesting, especially uh, because of the complexity you're mentioning here in this concept. I think uh, we have a lot of work to do uh, in front of us. Um, what do you think? What do you what do you say, Hillary? Uh, yeah, I think that was a great start, Joanna. And you started with the most difficult question, of course, uh, Nicholas. So, I mean, I guess some things that I would add to what's already been said, which I basically, you know, very much agree with. So you mentioned planetary urbanization as coming from, you know, Neil Brenner and Christian Schmidt. And one thing I would say is, you know, that their sort of inspiration, intellectual inspiration was, of course, from Lefebvre, who Johanna just mentioned, who in his book, um, Urban Revolution talks about this kind of incipient uh, planetary urbanization. And what he's really referring to there is the kind of urban problematic or urban processes overtaking industrialization as the kind of dominant form of transformation on the planet. Um, 
and, and since you also started with a quote from Harvey, like I feel compelled to say that I think, you know, in this kind of uh, Marxist geography, critical political economy tradition, like people are usually talking about sort of the spatialization of capital, right? The sort of redevelopment, the uneven development, um, investment and disinvestment in the built environment in all these really complex ways, um, which, you know, we can, of course, talk about sort of within cities as spatial containers and also far beyond them in all the ways you're both gesturing towards. And then the final thing I'd say, which Johanna already um, hit on, which I think is really important and is close to my own heart as a fellow sociologist, is the kind of cultural and social aspects of these transformations and sort of what the implications of these geographic and political economic changes are um, on people and ways of life and sensibilities um, and how that, like how these sort of transform in parallel. So I guess that's what I'd add there. Thanks, Hilary. I think that's uh, super interesting. And I see both of you uh, have, well, developed uh, a very basic understanding of, of urbanization and already um, shown some of the pathways of this debate. Uh, but before we get more into the content, I want to ask you, why and how did you end up writing about urbanization? <laughs> I mean, why, why in first place? Like, uh, I mean, it could, it could, you could, you can't really answer this question in a very, uh, you know, like simple way. Just, it can be <laughs> the question is probably how anecdote. far back do you want me to go in in my biography? <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, I think I think it's it's very often a a, a development of uh, ideas, I guess. But I mean, you choose when you want to yeah. start. Well, I mean, I think what I first engaged with, and I didn't really think of it as of myself, even as an urban theorist at the time or urban uh, studies doing as a researcher doing urban studies. Um, but I engaged with uh, uh, urban social movements and the housing question in Brazil. So that was my starting point. And uh, I did it mainly in Sao Paulo. And uh, I actually over the course of doing that research and engaging with the political questions in the in the urban context, I got more and more, let's say, uh, confronted. <laughs> I was confronted with the idea of um, these cities being like mega cities and being a very specific and distinct form of urbanization, radical urbanization, uh, widespread agglomerations. And so from the start, I was already engaged, engaging with these very, very specific forms of urbanization. And I think what has been uh, very important to me and the course of, over the course of the years has been to understand these as just specific forms and to engage in order to understand them and go engage in more a broader perspective on different processes and transformations that uh, are linked or that we can understand as urbanization and in the course of that i have been more and more intrigued by the idea of linking that back to um what we in urban research always claim as to be non-urban or rural and i think that has been actually the most important point to me uh, in engaging also with, with the planetary urbanization debate in um to understand different forms and, and differentiations in the urbanization processes and i think that is something that i share absolutely and have in common 
um, as a point of interest um, with the with the authors engaging in the planetary urbanization debate. I think it's super interesting this perspective from from Brazil because uh, I, I mean one one I mean you mentioned Hillary before that that one of the inspirations for uh, Christian Schmidt and Neil Brenner was uh, Lefebvre, uh, but actually uh, also Roberto Montemor from Brazil has you know like and I guess that plays also a role in this kind of different context where literature has developed. Like in, in the case of Roberto, uh, it's more like this concept of extended urbanization, which maybe you as experts can talk about uh, later a little bit if, if, if you like, if you feel like. Um, but I think I also want to pose the question to you, Hillary, like how, how did you end up writing about urbanization? Sure. Yeah, we should. And we should definitely go back to the questions of extended urbanization and the kind of urban rural questions for sure. Um, like Johanna, I could go way back in my own personal biography, but maybe I'll just say um, I worked for the Parks Department. I, after I graduated from college, I started my career in city government in New York uh, before I got my PhD. And I, so, I mean, that was, that work was urban in orientation in the sense that it was focused on sort of, you know, a, a large city and um, social and political and ecological relations in that city. Um, but one of the things, mostly I worked with community groups that were trying to be involved in their parks. And so we were trying to offer support for these groups and help them, you know, learn to work with city government and advocate for resources and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I became very interested in the, the kind of political and emotional and affective power of these green space, these urban green spaces. And I got kind of obsessed with the question of like, why, you know, why do people love their parks so much? Why are all these people confronting um, really serious social, economic, political challenges, choosing to go out and pick up trash in parks on weekends, and why do city council members love it so much? Um, and so so that's, you know, a lot of my work has, has gone on to be about that question, but I think it was also about, um, I mean, I was interested in trying to ask uh, more sort of sociological than kind of spatial or political economic questions about urbanization. So trying to kind of like revisit some of these questions about um, urbanism as a way of life or um, the urbanization of consciousness, you know, that people like Worth and Harvey have posed and to think about like, what does that mean? And what does it mean when we kind of adopt this processual orientation towards urbanization and are not thinking about just people who are living in cities? So, um, and yeah, I guess that's, that was kind of the genesis of it. So sometimes right. I say, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, sometimes I say that I, that I just continue to use the term partly for convenience, because I think, I mean, I don't know, it's maybe worth talking about today. Like there is a sort of level of pragmatism and um, professional, you know, buckets that we all put ourselves in. So if you identify as an urban sociologist, uh, you're, you're, you're stuck with the term. So I don't know, we could, we could talk about that as well, but yeah, totally, totally. But I think I'd like to to define some counters still a little bit because I mean this this episode is not only aimed at at an audience that has some knowledge uh, on 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 uh, like urban studies and the literature, but we're also trying to um, digest a little bit this whole debate and make it accessible for other groups. And I think one of the most important questions for that is 
uh, why is it important to to research urbanization in first place? I mean, and, and, and another question that's linked to that is why has this become such a visible topic in the past 30 years? I mean, I think that's also related to the whole urban age debate, but maybe, I don't know, it would be super interesting if you could just uh, delve a little bit into that. I mean, I would say that it never ceased to be an important issue. And I think that just... Um, for a while in the global north, let's say, um, it was not a politically um, very visible question linked to processes of urbanization. And so um, the case in point that it is more visible now and uh, and uh, vividly debated, I think is also, um, yeah, well, kind of probably linked back or links back um, to political and uh, economic developments in the cities that we see. So, but I would say, um, as I started my research on urbanization in Brazil, I think um, it never ceased to be an important issue. And in certain parts of the world, it has been just for the last decades, uh, and not just the last three decades, it has been one of the central um, issues um, in societal struggles, in um, research and in trying to understand uh, societal developments at large. I really like the point that Johanna just made about how it's sort of always been important. I mean, you know, there's a long tradition of urban research and um, it's definitely continuing to change and evolve. And so so maybe maybe it hasn't become more important. I do think, I mean, as, as um, you were saying, as you introduced this podcast, like there's been uh, an interest from the global north, or maybe I mean maybe ten years ago now, in the kind of growth of you know, so-called megacities in the global south, and so like those cities had morphological characteristics that were surprising urban scholars who'd been looking at industrial cities, you know, sort of classic nineteenth-century uh, industrial cities like London, New York, and so on. Um, and so I think that that like prompted a lot of this urban age discourse, and that prompt then prompted urban theorists to to um, I think to sort of say like, hey, how do we really understand these phenomena? And is is the best way to understand this as some kind of urban age tipping point? And I, I will just say as like as the you know American here, um, I think the other thing that was going on in the United States anyway is that urban sociology was very much caught and still is very much caught in this kind of Chicago school paradigm, which. Um, which is mostly like, you know, using the city as a laboratory and kind of looking at these uh, sort of social groups and their relationships in cities. So a lot of what the Chicago School Sociologists did were things called like neighborhood studies. And so, um, you know, where they'd kind of look at X group of immigrants or X group of, you know, problematic um, urban residents. So that could be, right, the Polish immigrants, or it could be the um, the gay men living in Manhattan, or whoever that group was. I'm just trying to kind of understand them, and so I think again in the in the North American context, like this in, this planetary urbanization intervention can be understood as an effort to to shift focus away from this very kind of myopic um, view and like view focused on apparently strange morphologies of new urban new cities, um, and towards the kind of broader processes of transformation i think that's a i think that's a great bridge to to my next question because um 
I mean, now you're you're directly relating the the concept of planetary urbanization to the to the to, to this whole discussion of why is it important to research urbanization in first place and. Um, could you maybe explain to the audience in a nutshell what planetary urbanization is? John, maybe I should go first this time. I think it's harder to go first, so you can, you can respond to me. Um, so I'll just say, since I was already sort of starting to talk about it, like I think, and um, I'm, I'm borrowing this partly from my friend and colleague, David Walksmith, who, who, who says this frequently as well. Like, I think planetary urbanization, as it is understood, so mostly people are talking about Neil Brenner and Christian Schmidt's work, for, wrongly or rightly, which we can also get into. But like that intervention is best understood in the context of urban studies in North America. So this kind of mainstream Chicago school approach and as a sort of rebuttal to that and a corrective and also to the urban age people. So saying like, okay, we've been all very fixated on neighborhoods in cities or the growth of cities per se. In fact, it would be very useful for this discipline that calls itself urban studies or urban sociology to, to refocus on the entire like transformation of global urban geographies, right? So what's involved in the growth of these cities? What's involved in the transformation of these neighborhoods? As you were talking about, right? Like what, um, what concrete from where is being used to construct them? What infrastructure of sanitation, water, communication, finance, and so on is being constructed that's underpinning and making these forms of urban life possible and trying to, 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 to ask the discipline to take that into account. Um, and I realized uh, I didn't respond to your question about nature, but we can get into that too. I think that's an aspect of it as well. Trying I mean, to think about totally because if we're talking about the raw materials that are getting ex extracted uh to sustain urban life for example then we're also relating directly to to urban uh i mean uh, like yeah well extractivist practices for example and i think that's related to environmental issues I yeah mean, i think i mean I, I completely agree and i mean it's probably interesting that you've invited two sociologists to talk about it um as those, well, I mean, I think what I think is really, and also I find really intriguing about the debate on planetary urbanization is exactly the point, um, and just adding to what Hillary just said, um, decentering our research on urbanization from the city, because we always assume that we know what the city is, and the city is the, pro the product at the end of urbanization processes. And we we seem to imply that we know what the city is, uh, and uh, they're just you know kind of intrinsically linked those processes. But the planetary urbanization debate has really challenged us to think about these uh, dynamics differently and to to move our um, focus away from the city as a product that we know and that we can define as an entity. And I think uh, looking more into networks and connections between different places that link and that form of, um, or at the, at the, let's say, at the, the form the backbone of, of processes of urbanization has been one of the most intriguing things of the, of the whole debate to me. And um, although it is very difficult to really say um, and in very, let's say, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, very simple words to put what, put it what planetary urbanization is about. 
it is, of course, about a process of um, different processes of centralization. And I think this has been very, very good in order to understand that urbanization, yes, it is a process of centralization of interactions, of goods, of capital, of, you know, infrastructures, and uh, in a way also of um, common goods, you know. Um, and the way that people use and appropriate those common goods. So I think um, all those aspects um, that are part of the processes of urbanization that we look into with planetary urbanization, that we need to understand in a more global, in a more differentiated way. I think um, those are aspects that I really find intriguing about the whole debate. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. One thing I'd add, or I would just sort of underscore, is that I think it, in terms of the planetary urbanization intervention in particular, it's trying to um, draw attention to both the sort of centralization and extension, right? Or so like uh, Brenner and Schmidt's edited volume, implosions, explosions. So there's to, to, to think about the kind of cities themselves as a moment of centralization that have kind of, you know, um, are reliant upon and bound up with this, this sort of extension, um, you mentioned extended urbanization before and I'll want to more, but this kind of extended uh, landscapes of extraction. So, and I, and I guess I would underscore something you also just said, which is the sort of shift in orientation from site to process. So like away from thinking about cities as sites or neighborhoods and cities as sites to this process itself. Um, yeah. I think that's a super interesting aspect of the entire debate because, uh, well, I think it gives us a conceptual tool to to think of socio-spatial processes or socio-spatial phenomena beyond these places and focusing on on, on, on these processes. Um, you also mentioned something about the debates that are like revolving around the whole um, idea of planetary urbanization. And I think that's the... Uh, well, my next question is related to that debate because it's been a quite heated debate. And since the beginning of the planetary urbanization thesis... Um, this concept has been causing a lot of discussions. And for example, there was this entail, entire special issue in the journal Environment and Planning D that gathered different positions, uh, raising sharp critiques to, to, to the concept uh, of planetary urbanization. Um, and there was also a super harsh article by Richard Walker in the City Journal. I'd even say it was, um, well, unprofessional, maybe. Am I, am I allowed to say that? Um, because it... I mean, because of the dismissive character and this qualifying tone. Um, but why is all that? Like, what what are they fighting over, or what were they fighting over? Because I think also the debate has has changed a lot since since it it began. Um, hey, Hillary, you and Kian Goss summed up all these critiques and structured them a bit. Could you give us some thoughts on this on these critiques? Yeah. There are so it is it is very contentious. There have been many debates. Um, I think so. I published this article with Kian, my colleague and friend Kian Go, where basically we argue that many of the critiques are positing difference against abstraction in a certain sense. Basically, that the kind of one of the kernels of the criticisms, not all of the criticisms, is that. Um, this is a kind of, you know, very large scale, abstract, um, top down, 
account of global transformation that includes difference in various places, that includes sort of differences in different cities, different types of cities, different sorts of politics that you might find within cities. And that that kind of big categorical distinction of kind of difference against abstraction or this kind of universalizing theory versus um, local concrete variability is a core. Um, we talk about in the article like kind of different registers of that critique. So some are sort of empirical where, where people kind of point out concrete differences in different places and contrapose those to this idea of a kind of universal abstraction. Um, one is epistemological. So a lot of these critiques are coming from feminist scholars and it's a, it's a kind of, right, positional and political argument where they say that a, a theory like planetary urbanization is a kind of God trick, right? In Donna Haraway's words, right? It supposes a kind of objectivity that none of us can have. We can't really have a planetary theory. Um, and that there's a third kind of theoretical register of critique that deals really more with the kind of conceptual boundaries of the concept. So like, how does urbanization relate to other large scale processes? Or how do we think about, you know, transformations of everyday life um, in relation to this very large scale thing? So that's, that's how I have have worked, have labored to understand um, some of these critiques. But Johanna, I would love to hear your thoughts on that too. But wait, before I think before uh, Johanna answers responses to that, I, I think maybe it would be nice to have the three aspects, the three, like just in a nutshell, you mentioned epistemological, like from an epistemological position. The second was? Empirical. And the third is theoretical. So all these right. are all in the paper there's a little table in the paper actually but yeah all right um, pretty cool yeah all the literature is going to be in the description of the episode um well i don't know johanna if you want to if you want to respond to that i also have a juicy question for you uh yeah i just i mean it's probably gonna i mean i think i can absolutely um relate to what you just said hillary i think and i have myself i've also tried to engage with the planetary organization debate um, you know, going through those dimensions. So I do think uh, empirically there will always be um, a way of understanding and this is necessary. We do have to um, look into empirical variations, but this is not a, at a theoretical level. So we do have a difference between empirical insights, theoretical abstractions, and epistemologically understanding the ways that we kind of um, you know, kind of um, the ways that we deal with um, our research uh, in methodological and epistemological ways. So I think these are all, and this also points to the fact that the debate has been so inspiring, actually, because I think it is absolutely important to engage with urban studies and urban research from all those angles and uh, and to link them to together, to link them back together. So I think this has made it very clear again that we have to kind of engage in a more thorough way and also in a more, I'm not saying planetary, but a more global way uh, in, in order to understand how how is it that we kind of, what how do we get to um, kind of, you know, formulate theories and based on what empirical insights. So I think this has just been really uh, inspiring to many of us. And I think that is also one of the reasons why the debate has been so, um, well, so heated. Cool, yeah. And actually, I think heated debate is something that we need. Um, uh, and it's at the heart of academic uh, discourse. So I think it's absolutely, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. 
Yeah, I would also definitely say that's uh, that's a very good thing. That's right. And the other thing I was, I mean, I said before that I think in North, in it's like American iterations, this is in part a response to kind of the dominance of Chicago school sociology. But there's also, of course, as Johanna was just referencing, like there's been a, a lot of ask, you know questions about how, how we globalize urban research. And so people like Jennifer Robinson and Ananya Roy and others have been, have been working on that. And so I think there's also a way that you can see planetary urbanization as kind of fitting into those sets of kind of methodological and theoretical questions, which have been, yes, very, very rich um, in our field for a number of years. Um, you were mentioning before uh, that, well, I don't know the tension, let's say, between different differentiation and abstraction. And um, Johanna, in your article, reassessing urbanization, uh, you mentioned some interesting aspects around this tension. And I'm a little bit nerdy. I prepared a, a, a quote. Let me let me read it. Um, uh, I opened the quote. Theoretically, the thesis of planetary urbanization calls for a differentiating for sorry for differentiating a plurality of the urban. But at the same time, the planetary claim posits a universality that comprises not only cities everywhere, but any place anywhere. The demand for theoretical differentiation, as well as the provocation um, in terms of universality, both invite examination. End of the quote. I think you have a very important point there because uh, it's kind of a, well, tricky tension between that differentiation and that abstraction. Um, is the concept maybe trying to encompass more than what it should? I know that, well, this is not an easy question to answer, but could you maybe talk a little bit more about this idea? Uh, well, or this tension, I don't know if I, if, if, if tension would be the correct word, uh, I let you choose the word you prefer to call. I'll just, uh, follow you with the tension. I think. This tension is something that is at the heart of any any um, conceptual theorizing that we do, and that is that is one of the things that we do in research. I think this is actually something that we always have to engage with. There is a tension between the abstract concept and it's it's um, it points towards a potential universality. Um, this is, I think it lies at the heart of any abstract concept. Um, but at the same time, the debate and the whole idea of planetary urbanization has been about differentiation. And so I think <clears throat> this is a, it is a productive tension. It is a productive tension in the way that it points towards the need um, and also the challenge, uh, how to understand those different um, aspects and dynamics of urbanization. And I think it is not something that I, I think I said something, about, I wrote something about it in, in, invites for more investigation or whatever I, I wrote, but I think it's just, you know, it's kind of the, the point of uh, where you can really start, you can really rethink uh, and uh, engage back and go back and forth between differentiations and conceptual um, theorizing. And I think that is absolutely required. But what I also think is that um, planetary urbanization has had the tendency or the debates or the, the, um, the um, contributions to the debate have had the tendency to over um, to over uh, estimate the the universal processes of urbanization 
And I think that what is at need is actually that we um, try not to overlook those differentiations as also um, potentials for theorizing. So I think where, while there is the grand theory of uh, planetary urbanization that includes or tends to include those empirical and, and processual and dynamic uh, variations or differentiations, um, I think we we ought to look into the theorizing or theor theoretical potential of those differentiations in their own right. And that is something where um, postcolonial theory and postcolonial um, authors and uh, contributions to the debate have also pointed towards. They've said um, it's not about empirical variation in the sense that, yes, things look always different uh, wherever you go. But it's about historical differentiation and also global perspectives on different um, processes and dynamics of urbanizations and the ways that urban, the urban relates to um, other and maybe non-urban um, phenomena. Yeah, well, I think one thing, I mean, it's interesting how much everybody tends to agree with each other when we actually get in a room and start talking. I mean, that's one thing I would say. And like the debates, as you've said, have been really heated and there's been kind of characters charactering of positions in ways that are probably not so helpful. I mean, one maybe like point of distinction I would make is just to say that like, I don't think calling a process global implies that it's universal, right? Or to say that something is global or planetary doesn't mean it touches down in the same way everywhere. Um, so like colonialism, for example, right, which we can understand as, as global doesn't mean that all colonial or post-colonial or settler colonial sites um, look the same. So I think that that's one. And I, and I think that any anyone who kind of uses this framework would probably say something like that um, if asked. The other thing I, I guess I would say is that like, absolutely, I certainly don't feel that having some kind of overarching rubric of planetary urbanization as a way of kind of like directing our attention or shaping the kinds of research questions we might ask or thinking about places that might be connected to each other in ways we wouldn't obviously see or think about, that that certainly doesn't exhaust the possibilities for theory making or any sorts of questions that anyone could ask of anything in the world. Um, so I, I completely agree with Johanna about that. The other, I mean, I guess I would just say, I, and um, I wanna add this and uh, Nicholas, I can't remember if you have a question about it. So you can just tell me to table this for a minute if, if, it's, if we're gonna get to it later. But I also think there's a, um, a kind of question about the shape of our field and sort of the, and the gender politics and the geographic politics of our field that have really shaped this debate. And like, you know, who is advancing this theory or who is the most visible proponent of this theory? And, you know, these are scholars from North America and Western Europe. They're very well known. They're very senior. They're white and they're male. And so um, many of the critiques from feminist scholars in particular have, um, I think there's been a layer of, you know, of, of frustration of both the kind of audacity of like positing a theory of this scale and like geographic scale and level of abstraction and the um, kind of composition of our field that accepts that kind of theory making from certain kind of people, but maybe would be less willing to accept it or, um, take it up in the same way from others. And so I think it's really important to talk about that. I mean, the paper I wrote with Keon was trying to kind of disentangle these threads a little bit, but I like, I just, it, 
like that set of issues is actually is very important to me as a female scholar and as a scholar in general. And so I think that's another big part of um, why it's been so fraught. And I think in that sense, this this issue is not only like an issue of the urban studies. I think I think it's basically science in general and and well, academia in general, how it's working because we still are maybe under certain structures that well uh, privilege some people i mean nothing against like i don't know this the 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 valuable debate but well we are talking about christian and neil brenner uh in this debate i mean partly because they coined the 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 concept but we just mentioned briefly uh roberto montemore so instead of maybe delving more into that, so I think that's that's some food for thought that that's definitely worth uh, taking on. Yeah, and I would just say, and then I'll stop um, over over sharing. But like, I think, I mean, you know, I think there's really interesting work being done that uses this concept by many junior scholars, many international scholars, many women, and it troubles me that that work doesn't get taken up, right? And that too. doesn't get, often doesn't get read by critics. Like often the critiques are just engagements with Neil and Christian, and like I, you know. They're people I love and respect and whose work I love and respect, but I think it would be um, a richer dialogue if more of that work was being read seriously. And I'm happy to name some names later. <laughs> yeah, please. And also for the for the literature list that we're going to uh, add to the description, that would be great. Um, all right. Now, we had just, uh, well, it's superficial. I mentioned it at the beginning. This is going to be just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and we talk a little bit of the contours of the concept of planetary urbanization and urbanization in like more general terms. And we have talked about some of the key or central, uh, well, the core of the debate, I'd say. Now I would like to bridge a little bit to an outlook, uh, especially that we've talked about these political issues that are that are so present in, in, in today's uh uh, academic production. Um, so in this third section of the discussion, and well, as we are also approaching the end of the episode, I want to ask a question that isn't actually mine, uh, but from Martin Arboleda. He asked the question to Neil Brenner in his edited book, well, Neil Brenner's edited book, Critique of Urbanization, Selected Essays. And I think it's a very important question and a very interesting question for us Please let me read it. I open quote. An emerging body of scholarship that draws on actor network theory has also challenged the stable and bounded way in which the urban is traditionally conceived. And these scholars propose to radically decenter the object of urban studies by, by recasting the city as the relational product of social material networks that connect myriad spaces and actors, most of which can be thousands of kilometers away from the sites being investigated. And although this relational turn in urban studies resonates in some ways with the notion of extended urbanization and, well, planetary urbanization, uh, it also breaks with some of the methods planetary urbanization builds upon, such as geopolitical economy, with its emphasis on the totalizing, world-transforming dynamics of capital. Um, Do you see any potential avenues for these two approaches to mutually reinforce each other in the future or is the gap between the two becoming increasingly entrenched i think this is uh 
important well i mean i'm adding a new concept i know like actor network theory is not necessarily at at stake here in this discussion but in from a certain perspective i do think that it's part of this differentiation aspect that we're talking about and and i would also like to extend the question or this this the character of this question that martin arboleda uh asked neil brenner to 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 the discussion we were having before uh, regarding postcolonial and feminist perspectives. I mean, can we build bridges between these different positions, or are these positions becoming also too entrenched? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to look to to you know like look to a horizon in which we could meet. Just one idea um, or one thought that I had while you were reading the quote is that. I do think that the relationality between the social and the material is not something that is new to urban research. I think it is mostly new to social um, uh, research or social theory, uh, but not to urban research. I think that is something that uh, urban studies have always engaged with. And it was at the heart of trying to understand this relation between social relations and the materiality and the spaces within the urban. So I do think that probably I don't I wouldn't attach or link this uh, relational perspective to necessarily only to A&T. I would say that what A&T and that is probably something that links then again to um, also to feminist theory um, that it has actually what it pushes us to understand more is actually the body, um, the bodily or corporeal materiality of those uh, relations. And I think that is something interesting, and that is also very um, genuine to feminist research. And I think it's just it, it um, pushes and it, it kind of relinks different um, um, notions and and uh, phenomena that that urban studies might have always looked at, but maybe not in that um, uh, in that systematic way. So I think the link is actually that relationality because it's always it's there in all those approaches. And um, I think that is probably what holds them or binds them together and why it is possible actually to combine perspectives from those approaches in um, approaching urban phenomena. Yeah, I think I think um, I just want to reader that I think that was such an important point that you just made. It's one that I, I think a lot about, but I don't often hear people say it out loud, myself included, that um the idea that sort of urban studies has been attuned to the material world in ways that so sociology certainly hasn't um for quite some time. And and I think that's something I really love and appreciate about our field. Um but yeah, I mean, so I, I think there's probably different ways to answer this question. And the, the quote that you read from Martin Arboleda suggests, I think rightly, that there are some fundamental disagreements between the kind of actor network theory or assemblage kind of theorists and the more like economic geographers um, about disagreements about the power of capital and um, that sort of capitalist totality and the extent to which it shapes relations in a given context. Um, I was looking, since we've just been talking about Neil Brenner today, there is a, you know, there was a fight, another fight between um, Colin McFarlane and Brenner, Madden and Walksmith about this and Brenner, Madden and Walksmith and their response to McFarlane basically arguing for the incompatibility of these as theoretical perspectives sort of said that, you know, there's, um, 
lots of like great empirical and methodological ways that you could think about linking them like methodologically right we can trace um, material relations and networks and so on uh, but that maybe that sort of theoretical disagreement about capital and totality is 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 incommensurable in a certain way i i think um the way that i like to think about it i sort of gestured at this earlier is that you know planetary urbanization as a kind of framework offers some good ways of asking questions and I mean, offers other things too, but for <laughs> at least some good ways of asking questions and that, um, but that the, the theory as ad advanced by its most visible proponents isn't doing everything that it could. So in this piece with Keon, we both talk about our own work and how we think we're kind of working on things that, um, you know, planetary urbanization, maybe we, sh we would, would assume it might not help us think about like phenomena at the level of everyday life or how these practices persist across different places and times, um, thinking about repertoires of social action, things that, you know, feminist scholars and assemblage theorists and others um, are, often look at. And so we try to talk a little bit about how those same kinds of activities, um, the same sorts of empirical research objects might look a little bit different. Um, having this kind of theoretical framework to work with. So yeah, I, I want to believe they're compatible and I think they probably are up to a certain point, but maybe some people, maybe it depends what you're studying as well. Maybe it's kind yeah, of an empirical. Also the, the questions you're asking us, I think that's also an important thing. I mean, we kind of just yeah. simply take theories and, and use them like without any context. I mean, I think the methods we're using are also quite important for the choice of what kind of theories are we going to use or concepts we're going to use. So um, I don't know, like in that, in that case, I, I also think that they are most, uh, uh, I mean, like a, a, a connection between the ideas could be most fruitful when they are adapted as well. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll just say uh, one thing that I think Johanna also sort of gestured or one of you mentioned earlier, right? Like, I mean, obviously theory making is a process of abstraction. There's a, like, it's, it's abstraction involved in the production of the theory itself, but these are iterative or dialectical or whatever you'd prefer to call it. So there's obviously like all of these researchers have empirical research objects are looking at concrete phenomena in the world and our choice of methods and choice of objects has much to do with the tools, the theoretical we, tools we choose to understand them. Yeah, totally. All right. So as I said, we're approaching the very end of the episode and, um, well, now you got the chance to say some final words. Um, Johanna, maybe we'll start with you. Would you like to make a last statement somehow or a last <laughs> point? Yeah, okay. Um, I think I'll go back to what I mentioned right at the beginning when you asked me why I, I'm engaging with urbanization. I think and this has been has become more and more important to me. I think what I do see as a necessity today is to link not only uh, different places and different processes in, in urban theory, but also to link perspectives and also disciplinary to also cross disciplinary boundaries and also um, different um, you know, like kind of subdisciplines. So obviously, the one thing that we haven't been talking about now is uh, rural studies. And in my point of view, I think this is one of the most important things that I feel that we need to do is to engage much more 
in a dialogue between urban and rural theory in order to understand those processes, because I think that we have, as urban theorists and as urban researchers, we have much to learn from rural researchers and vice versa. Um, uh, also, because uh, it has been it has not only been um, said to be a binary that shapes um, the world, but also it's a disciplinary and subdisciplinary binary. And I think that is something that we really ought to overcome and uh, work much more in cooperation and, and learn much more from one another. Totally. And I think that that like really links to the entire idea of planetary urbanization at some point. And it's it's also a good start to 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 build some bridges also between different perspectives, which might seem like opposite uh, in first place, because, well, if we're linking the rural with the urban, that well, that's a start to like overcome this dichotomies that has been have been contested anyways. Um, Hillary, how about you? Do you have any last statement or, or would you want, would you like to add something to that? Yeah, um, I was going to say something not totally dissimilar. Like I think uh, as a provocation, planetary urbanization has been really useful and I'm excited to see where the field goes. And I think a lot of the really interesting work, recent work has been asking questions of the sort that Johanna was pointing out, like either at disciplinary boundaries or um, questions of like, yeah, relationships between fields and spaces that are kind of challenged by this perspective, but haven't actually been dealt with in the research. So um, like, since you asked us, I, I did pull like some names of articles that I like and often reference. And um, so like Buckley and Strauss, who talk about like Lefebvre and everyday life, and how does that relate to the kinds of like transformations of capital and um, natural resources and materials that have been emphasized. Tariq Jazeel, who has a really great piece on the relationship between planetary urbanization and other global processes like patriarchy, colonialism. Um, I have a grad student who works on the military. So I think like thinking about like urbanization in interaction with other large scale processes is gonna be really important and challenges questions of periodization, challenges ideas of political autonomy, challenges um, geography, right? Like what places we think are important to be researching. Um, Swarnab Ghosh and Ayan Mir have just written a really interesting piece about um, urban and agrarian questions. Rodrigo Castriota and Joao Tanucci, who are also Brazilians, have been writing really great stuff. So yeah, I think like there's all this really wonderful work that's moving in those directions. And um, I, I hope to see more of it. And I hope to see that work cited by 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 critics as well because it's just so important that um, people are reading beyond the you know the headlines <laughs> yeah thank you very much hillary i i definitely i mean you uh, sort of answered the last the very last question of the podcast with that already um all the literature is going to be in the description just to mention it again for those who maybe tune in a little bit later um johanna do you want to like I mean, before closing the round, do you do you have any literature recommendations for those in the audience uh, who want to keep researching and studying this topic? It can be a book or an article. I mean, it doesn't have to be an extensive list, <laughs> just uh, like uh, Hillary did, but um, like a jewel you would like to share with. Well, I'm going to be a little bit more generic about it, but I think um, linked to that, and I think this is totally, I mean, this is intriguing, the research that has been, uh, is um, showing and being published now. And I'm just going to go a little bit more back in time, because I also think that it's not, um, it for us to engage with these questions does not only mean to engage with the research that is 
splurging now and being published now, but also going back a little bit and looking into authors that we might have not read before. And so, I mean, obviously coming from um, um, Brazilian research too, I would think that we have to engage much more and also translate authors much more so that they can be really uh, read by a broad uh, audience, like authors such as Milton Santos. Everyone knows about Milton Santos, but there's just been a very limited amount of his text has been translated, for example. And so I would uh, try to uh, argue more for these translations, but also um, less fear of engaging with texts in different languages, because I think it is sometimes it's, it can be very helpful to read those texts in uh, other languages than English, because um, we do have different concepts in different languages, and we can use them in, a diff in different ways, and they can help us understanding the processes and the differentiations between those. So I think that is something I would like to point out. And then, um, of course, more generic from what I just said, engaging with authors from rural studies, like I mean, I, I mean, uh, I think you mentioned Alpha Cree already, uh, or Michael Woods. Like just you know, engaging with the question of the rule, and they also engage with Lefebvre, for example, in a very broad way. So it's kind of you know, there are so many links between uh, our research areas and fields. I think we just ought to make them more, um, you know, put them into practice, into academic practice. Johanna, thank you very much. Hilary, thank you very much as well. This was a fantastic talk. Thanks for being here. This was The Urban Political. Thanks to you for listening. For more information, visit our website urbanpolitical.podigy.io Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter.